you are listening to On The Topic Podcast, the only show standing upright in the upside down. I'm Dan. And I am going to continue to be your rock as we go through the next couple of months to hopefully a way out of this terrible situation. And I'm Alex. And this week, we've got a, a follow-up from, uh, was it last week, Dan, the week before? We did our, our One Division episodes one to three. Well, this week, we're going to continue of our three-parter episodes four to six and i think it's fair to say dan not giving too much away but it's a little bit darker this time around isn't it yeah uh, and i like how they're sort of breaking away from westview yeah but i mean if people listen to this episode and they've listened to the previous episode then i guess you're not in it for instant gratification you're in it for the long haul and you're being drawn in and i believe kevin feig has revealed that the final three episodes are going to be an hour long wowzers Indeed. I think Dan, you're saying, wasn't it, that it was initially going to be what a nine run episode, but now it's ten. Was that is that right? Yeah, I've heard rumours there's gonna be a tenth episode, but I don't know how true that is. Mm. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Could be an after show sure. party. Yes, although I think they have also mentioned perhaps the tenth is the behind the scenes. Um that's been advertised this week as of recording. Um now I should probably say, Dan. We should probably crack out the old spoiler warning and the klaxon because, of course, there are spoilers. If you haven't seen any of WandaVision, I mean, what are you doing listening to this episode? We like you to, to be here, but stop what you're doing. Give us a pause. Go have a look. But if you're still around, you still haven't seen it, here's a spoiler warning. You've been warned. Oh, the beautiful sound of the klaxon. I have missed it. She's a good one. So, Dan, remind us, where did we end up in the last episode? Episode three, what what happened in the final closing moments, just so we've got a, a fresh memory? Well, didn't Wanda give birth to, to twins? She did. And uh, she's blasted poor M- Monica Rambo out of the realms of Westview. And it's all just a little bit nuts. Her reality is starting yeah. to crack. We've got, we've got a uh, a zombie vision walking around. We have. So it's just all a bit weird at the moment. Yeah, I think I think Spawn Dan is all unraveling before her eyes, and I think as we go through the next couple of episodes, I think it's really an interesting tonal shift, being quite tongue in cheek, quite silly, quite slapstick, with undercurrents, under undercurrents of kind of a sinister kind of theme to it. It really comes to the forefront of episode four. So this week we're going to be covering um, Wien Chop's program on a very special episode and all new Halloween spooktacular episodes four to six. And Wien Chop's program, Dan, I, I really like this one. And I think this is where for me, I've been messaging a couple of people now on, on the show, getting their thoughts as the weeks progress. And everyone without fail has gone, yeah, this is it. This yeah. is this is the MCU, and for me, this this feels like it's home. Uh, and what I mean by that is, Dan, you know, where things were left in the MCU in Phase Three is very dark and very gritty, wasn't it? Doesn't didn't really feel anything like Phase One. Wasn't the glitzer glamour? Wasn't like these the starry filled eyes of, of of Iron Man or or the Avengers? And it was it's a very sad kind of world, a sad place, you know, five years of displacement, people coming back, which is great, but then it's all very odd. And and we interrupt this episode, episode four, 
starts off with exactly that. So we've already forgotten the slapstick silliness of the One Division TV program that Wanda's obviously you know portraying out to to the world. And we're now in this kind of sad and deflated world post blip immediately afterwards, isn't it? His mm-hmm. Monica is is in the hospital and she she suddenly comes back and there's chaos around her and she doesn't quite know what's going on. Of course, she's she's things have moved on since she was there five years ago. And it's it's quite sad and gritty, don't you think, Dan? Yeah. And do you know what? Just sort of make a note, you say the the people returning from the blip but this is actually the first time we see people coming back from the blip yeah. i mean spider-man far from home they just sort of instantly appear from thin air but in this we're seeing her rematerialize it's just yeah. so weird it's, it's a reverse kind of dust process if you if you guys remember infinity war where good old peter parker is slowly dusting away is that in reverse and they're kind of dusting back together and i i was making notes on this dan Thinking back, this kind of feels like the episodes are reminiscent of of Lost. So bear with me. Hmm. <clears throat> you know the the whole are oh, they did aren't they did playing Crash Survivor series what seven seven series or six series which ended up in probably the worst next to Game of Thrones one of the worst TV endings of all time. Oh, hundred <clears throat> percent. But bear with me still. Um, that 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 took perspective of the Islanders saying the first couple of seasons and where things were happening. And it worked its way all the way up until the hatch. Now, if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about with lost, this is, this won't be lost on you, but if people know what I'm talking about, they'll, they'll remember. Uh, and all the events were leading up to the hatch. And then the next series was all about the perspective inside the hatch. So they were observing and listening and doing these things to the outside world. And you got the same event, but from different perspective. And it's exactly what this episode is. So we're seeing from the outside world now, looking in to Wanda's new reality as things are happening. Uh, and there's a bit of backstory, isn't there, Dan? So it's about how Monica is a member of S.W.O.R.D., uh, you know, and she's lost her mother and she's been benched. And there's talk here, the first kind of intergalactic role that S.W.O.R.D. has. And apparently she's, she's been benched to terrestrial activities. So, of course, then the flip side is extraterrestrial or otherworldly. So they're already out in space. So, again, it goes back to what we talked about last episode, Dan, and perhaps even Endgame or Spider-Man Far From Home, our, our reviews, which is, is, is Nick Fury behind us? Has he created? We knew he was in space with the scrolls. Mm. Has he got a hand in sword? Um, and it follows then how they, they bring together the, um, the team with is it Jimmy Woo, and yep. um, all about how they're sending drones in. And of course, then that, that harks to the helicopter in the bushes that we talked about in the last episode, you know, with the black and white and the uh, helicopter's red. But it looks, it looks odd, doesn't it, with the sword logo. And then the beekeeper, which you recall down, was, I think, spot on in terms of looking like an AIM character, an AIM, is actually someone in a hazmat suit. But as mm. he goes through into his reality, it translated that into a, a beekeeper suit. And it all now becomes clear and all these sinister, weird things are happening is all being made the big reveal. And I think it's just such a refreshing episode because it is dark and it is sinister and it is, it's explained and you now, it's now familiar because it's kind of picks up directly from Endgame, literally. And I think for me, that's where this, this series really is kicked off. As I say, it's, we're now in familiar territory and it feels like home, Dan. Yeah. And do you know what, right? 
Let's just talk about Dr. Darcy Lewis and Jimmy Woo for a second. Oh, they're brilliant, aren't they? It's a friendship we never asked for, but we got it. And it's a triple D. Oi, oi. Uh, triple D needs no introdu- introduction. It's a ding, dang delight. I think it is. Is that something you come up with or is that is that an established thing, Dan? Oh, no, it's an established thing. I've probably nixed it from another podcast. Um, <clears throat> I love it, though. Triple D. So, so's. And I, I agree, you know, I don't think you're saying no one asked for it, but I think it's definitely what we need in 2021. And um, I think Darcy's been... I wasn't quite f- too much of a fan from her in the first Thor, but I thought she... The, the bare minimum that she had in, in Thor 2, I thought she she grew on me. To now where she I think she steals a show. I legitimately think she she's one of the leading actors in it. And you can just tell that she's got the years of Marvel under her belt. And it's just she is a delight to to, to be back on the screens. I've really enjoyed her. I think this is one of those things as well where, you know, in um Ant Man and the Wasp, hope sort of overshadows uh Ant Man, what's his name? Names escaped me all of a sudden. Scott Lang. Yes. Um and, you know, Scott Lang's a clever bloke. We saw that in Ant-Man. And I think this is very much the same thing where I think Jane Foster sort of probably overshadowed her. Yeah. And they sort of dumbed her down. But now she's come into one division. It's like, yeah, I mean business. I've got my doc- I've got my doctorate. This yeah. is it. And she's running the show. And you can really see her stepping up as we go through the next couple of episodes. But as we as we finish that that kind of new fresh take on already what we've seen. I don't, you could be critical and say, well, we haven't seen anything new because of a different perspective, but is that different and that insightful that it plugs some quite big gaps? Now, now we've got the fuller picture and to the point where I think at the end of the last episode, we talked about episode three, where Wanda sure enough does eject Monica out of the reality that she's made. There's some new footage we see from that perspective, don't we, Dan? And it's where Mm. Wanda they didn't play this on the TV as we're watching as the audience within the TV. That makes, if that makes any kind of sense at all. Um, the, the multi-layer perspective, of course, Wanda is projecting her, her view on the world through the TV set. We're watching that TV set in episodes one to three. Um, there's a bit she, she left out. So when the, the TV screens are interrupted, she has a private conversation with Monica. She calls her out and says, how do you know about Pietro? And how do you know about Ultron? And, uh, and who are you? And, suddenly the veil is lifted and you can mm. see that she's well aware of what she's doing. She doesn't know how she got there, but she knows what she's doing and she, she's fully in control of her powers. And that's not something we kind of had confirmation of in episodes one to three. There's still kind of uncertainty around, was she fully aware and was her kind of consciousness, you know, coming in and out? No, no, she's, she's aware now and she knows what she's doing. So I think that really changes the, the pace of the next couple of episodes. Mm. And to that point where we then fast forward into on a very special episode, it's called episode five. They just seem to get better and better these episodes. Cause again, this is one of those episodes where it starts to break that sitcom mold. The reality yeah. starting to break. Um, you know, I think this is set in the sort of late eighties, early nineties. Yep. And, uh, you know, you've got Wanda and Vision struggling to stop Tommy and Billy from crying. And Agnes, um, still a lot of theories that she's, she's Agatha Harkness, the witch. Um, yep. But I say we'll talk about an Easter egg shortly because that is still uh, still wrong oh. in those theories. Okay. Uh, and um, 
Vision sort of questions Agnes's behaviour. I mean, yeah, because there's there's a point where I think the the boys kind of start growing in front of her eyes, and all there's a break in the scene, isn't there? And she says, "Oh, do you want me to do you want me to redo that?" And of course, that's that's not part of the TV program, and it's almost like she knows that she's kind of playing a role or she's not saying her lines properly. And it kind of throws the whole situation out of whack, doesn't it, Dan? And it really brings kind of the audience, us, me and you, everyone else, kind of into 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 the program. And the illusion's broken, and we now know that someone else is in on it. Yeah, um, and it's it's to the point where she she starts uh, Wanda starts to do magic in front of uh, you know in front of Agnes, and that's where I think this is really an important episode because it all starts to unravel and we start to see that some of the rules that we were playing with in episode one to four really don't apply anymore. And it is all crumbling around Wanda's kind of perception of her reality as, as it goes on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's strange because every time the, uh, the boys sort of grow up, no one's already no notices or questions it, but vision's starting to yeah. clock that, do you know what? Something's not quite right here. This is it's not normal. Strange. It's not normal, and he's he's starting to question that whole kind of situation they're in, and it we 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 learn from the flip side outside of this reality that um, vision was stolen. So we mm. see some CCTV footage, don't we, Dan? And it's quite it's quite grim, grim watching. It was supposed to be a cutscene for for Endgame, but again, it doesn't really sort of pay homage to. To the, I guess, end game itself. It's, it's that's the end of an era. Do you really want to sort of bring it to a new era by giving that cutscene? Uh, I don't know. Would you have, Would you have liked that as a cutscene at the end of End Game? Do you think? Uh, only in as much as it would nod to the start of this program. But I think the the way they wrapped up End Game, you know, with the whole signatures and the closing the counts, I don't think it would have added too much to it. So I think they they probably did did quite well in terms of continuing and that CTV footage shows Wanda it couldn't have been much longer um, after the events of Endgame that she broke into the sword facility that apparently was holding Vision's body I mean this is the first time I've heard of swords but apparently they've been around for a while mm. and and she steals his his body which of course is against kind of what he wanted he, he didn't want to be brought back and she's doing exactly the opposite so we, we do learn that she's gone rogue and she's, she feels a lot of grief and a lot of pain. And it's obviously motivated her to, to steal the body, which is a criminal offence last time I, I checked them. It is indeed. Which Brave I think robbing. we'll sort of touch on uh, that in episode six. But things get a little bit more weird when Vision decides he goes to work. And um, Sword, being clever, send for an email. And uh, Vision's sort of looking at it. He's like, well, this doesn't seem right. And then he sort of takes this guy out of his um, sort of like hypnosis, isn't it? Mm, and he's yeah. like, help me. And like, there's tears coming out of his eyes. And Vision's so disturbed by it, he sort of switches him back to this hypnosis and then things are back to normal. And this is where he's starting to sort of question things even more. And he goes home and he starts to uh, talk to Wanda. He's like, you know, what's going on? Things just aren't right here. Like, what are you doing? Uh, and that's when we're rudely interrupted by Pietro. But not the Pietro that we knew and loved from Age of Ultron. 
No, not the, the dead one who's bullet-ridden as a result of his heroic efforts. No, this is perhaps one that's even more familiar. I mean, yeah, if you like that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> don't watch Dark Phoenix, it's shite, get in no. the sea. No, but I must admit, I, I did see, of course, it, it starts to make a... The videos start to emerge on YouTube of old footage as they've become trending now. And there is that uh, X-Men Apocalypse. I mean, it's not a great film either. But the scene where um, uh, Quicksilver, as we know him, Pietro ends up uh, rescuing the kids from the mansion as it explodes in slow motion. That is a phenomenal scene. Mm. It's a brilliant three and a half minutes. If you haven't seen it and you haven't seen it in a while, do have a look at it on YouTube. It is brilliant. It's it. It shows that kind of tongue-in-cheek, playful character. And we see him, as you say, Dan, at the end of the episode, and the brothers recast. Yeah. I mean, it's quite... A, I mean, this is really sort of picking into detail as well. I mean, those X-Men films are set in the 80s. Well, guess what? This episode is late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So it, it's, it fits, which is... I mean, this is fine detail. He, this is no coincidence. No, and I think it's... Perhaps, you know, they've, they've, they've looked at the whole fast-forwarding of time per episode in order for it to, to make sense and for it to work. Because, of course, mixing realities, they have got to be in a, they don't have to be in the same time frame, but it'll make it easier to, to digest if there is some kind of similarity. But sure enough, he's, he's at the doorstep. And, you know, even Darcy mentioned, you know, rec- recalls as well. He's, he's been recast. So... They, they're acknowledging that things, things are different. Of course, it's a, a nod and a wink to us. I think it's too much of a coincidence. They wouldn't have used the same character, but not made reference to X-Men. So I think, I think it's pretty much a done deal. And I'd be really missing out on introducing the X-Men universe now if they didn't continue with it. But he, he still hasn't been you know fully committed as, as part of the X-Men universe. You know, he's... He's, he's still a new face, and even in the next episode, we talk about in a sec, he, hmm. he acknowledges and knows that he's a different version of her brother. And she even starts to question it. So she, she doesn't really know what she's done herself. So it's, it's still, still all up for grabs, but I think it'd be a real, um, a real mistake, and it'd be an own goal if they don't actually make use of that situation. So I think, I think we're pretty much set in terms of introducing the X-Men universe, and it's, it's a great way of doing it. Because no one saw it coming. And I think that's the best thing about the episode, right? You, We did mention, I think, in the last episode that Evan Peters had been um, cast as someone, but they hadn't been confirmed what. Well, that's why. They kept it under wraps, didn't they? You know, they didn't tell anyone because it was such a, a great reveal at the end of that episode. Hmm. And at the end of the episode, of course, then Sword ends up trying to send a drone in to kill Wanda. Uh, and that didn't go down very well either. So she's on the warpath. They haven't. They. She comes out, doesn't she, to confront them? Tells them basically to bugger off. Um, uh, before she goes back in, then things are tense. She's yeah. aware of this outside world. Uh, I mean, it's very sort of Magneto esque as well. The way she turns yeah, yeah, the yeah. guns on on poor old uh, I forget his name. Uh, the guy that's sort of standing in as uh, like the, the big guy at sword. Uh, let's have a look. I've got his name in my notes somewhere, Alex. Uh, Tyler Hayward. Hayward, that's the one. I would call him Hammond. That's something else, that's Stargate. Yeah, Hayward. So um, 
Yeah, you're right. I didn't think of it like that, but you're, it's, it's definitely spot on in terms of a, a nod back to, to the X-Men era. Mm. So, I mean, episode six, all new Halloween specs, the spooktacular, is probably, probably my favourite episode so far. Do you reckon? Yeah, but then I don't know. Like every time I sort of go further into the series, each episode is getting better and better and better. And obviously you're starting to see things unravel. Mm. Um, but I say it's almost like this, uh, like the, this set in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And it's something you sort of kick off the episode like it's everything's normal. It's all been forgotten what's been going yeah. on in the previous episodes. But Vision knows something's still, still not right. And he says he's off to patrol the, uh, the streets for Neighbourhood Watch. And that, that in itself kind of indicates, because I think they have a bit of a to and fro, don't they, in the house? And she's like, well, mm. that's kind of not in the script. And he's like, well, what's the problem with that? And so she, she's even she's even kind of trying to play this, this story out and she's reluctantly letting him go. And he, you can tell that he's now fully aware of what's going on and wants to challenge it himself. And we see that at the end of the episode. But something's not right and he's, he's onto it, isn't he? Yeah, uh, and I know we'll sort of dive into it a little bit in a second, but Pietro, I think he's starting to realise things aren't quite right either. It's almost like he's not affected by this magic. Yeah. But, I mean, he steps up as his father figure. He takes the boys trick-or-treating and they're causing mischief. Uh, you've got Tommy, who's inherited those sort of super speed powers. And they're just running amok in this neighbourhood where all of a sudden... We seem to have a flock of kids. Now, the last time I looked, Alex, these episodes one to five, there were no kids. No, and I think even um, Vision recalled that the parks were empty whenever he went for a walk. You know, there were well, there were no other families, and that's what he thought was odd. So, quite where all these kids are come from, you're right. It's a bit odd. Um, and this is where we see in the town centre. Um, Wanda and Pietro have a sit down. And this is the point that I think you're making, Dan, where he he says that he, you know he knows he looks different, but he says it's fine. He's he is still a version of her brother, and that he's he's also aware that Wanda is controlling the town. Mm. And then we also then find that Wanda didn't really know how she did it, but she's aware that what what she's doing it. But it's it doesn't come across as a sinister conversation, does it, Dan? It's more of a kind of a realization. That they're both on the same on the same page. It's so casual. Mm. It's just so casual. There's no like, there's no animosity or anything like you say. They're both sort of just talking like we are now. It's almost, it's almost consoling one another, isn't it? Saying mm. that we know what's going on, but it's cool. Don't worry about it. But someone who is worried about it, Dan, is Vision, isn't he? Yeah. So he's sort of heading out to the edge of town, where I guess where the. Um, the, the weird hex wall thing is mm, where Sorda are waiting for him, and he bumps into Agnes, who seems to be stuck in. Well, uh, he's sort of going through the town anyway, isn't he? And he's starting to yeah, notice the are. magic's starting to wear off, and they're all sort of stuck in this limbo. They're sort of doing the same movement, and he gets to Agnes, who's in her car. She's just stopped, and she's, I've gone the wrong way. I'm trying to go to town. He's like, well, what, what do you mean? And he sort of, again, he goes into her, her mind and sort of pulls her out of this, this trance. And it's just the creepiest thing. Yeah, this is, 
I think this is really telling from a number of different perspectives, Dan. Just this, It's not long, is it, the conversation? It's probably a couple of minutes tops, but I think it really does tell an awful lot about where the characters are at the moment. And she is under this spell, albeit there is a nod to say that she's, she has some kind of acceptance, much like Pietro. But um, she, she asks Vision a couple of questions, doesn't she, in terms of you know his, his awareness. I think that's... That's really where I think that the, the series has been pushed forwards. Do you recall what, what the conversation was? No, but I remember her cackling like a witch at the end of it. Oh, did she? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes, you're right. She did as she was snapped back in. Um, no doubt that's one of your, your Easter eggs. But no, um, she, 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 she says to him, oh, do you, do you remember the Avengers? You were part of the Avengers. And he oh, no of course, yeah. He says he has no recollection what an Avenger is, what his prior life was before Westview, which tells us then that he probably is a, a brand new creation in this reality. He doesn't have any kind of prior experience of kind of the heroics of Age of Ultron all the way through to his untimely end in Infinity War. So he hasn't, he hasn't got anything to build upon apart from knowing I guess that he's married now to to Scarlet Witch, so it's it's an interesting take on the character. They've reset, they've hit the reset button on him, and that's why we're seeing the way he is in his purest form because he hasn't had kind of the the betrayal of civil war, and he hasn't mm-hmm. had kind of the sadness and the loss of uh, of Infinity War up to that again, where you know the the mind stone's taken off him. So it's is really telling where that character now is in terms of his experience of the world and you know his why he doesn't recount his past life because he hasn't had it. Mm. Does it exist? And I think that's for me is really quite a, an interesting kind of direction that they've taken the show in. Yeah, and um, did we did we mention that Agnes has actually told Vision that he's actually dead? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, he, he obviously he can't. He can't believe it. He doesn't quite understand. But again, she's she's aware of this. She's aware of who the Avengers are. So whoever she actually is, the Avengers transcend, you know, that illusion. And if she is some kind of otherworldly being, well, the Avengers and what they've done clearly have had an impact on on that realm. If we, if that's such a thing that she's operating in, so it's it's interesting that they're they're starting to to kind of give an inclination of of where this could go. And how much of an impact, you know, the the events of probably since Civil War have really taken the whole universe, mm. potentially. Yeah, and then we go to outside of, of Westview, where Hayward basically gives Monica, Darcy and Jimmy their marching orders because they didn't yeah. like his decision to attack Wanda. He's gone apeshit, hasn't he, Dan? Yes, and uh, they decide to try and sneak inside, or is that right? Um, they, I think, what they try and do, yeah, is is hack into the system, try and understand. That's right. Is withholding. Darcy feels that he's holding information, and they hack it, and they actually find out that he's tracking the vibranium. Now, if you recall, Dan, vibranium, of course, isn't just uh, an interesting and powerful metal in the Captain America shield. It's also, of course, what Vision's made out of. So Haywood is tracking Vision. Now, quite why we don't know, but we don't get that far because. Um, it all goes a bit pitong, and um, we find that Monica's blood work it shows that the amount of time she's been in that reality has actually had an impact on her DNA, and that she's changing 
and if she keeps on doing it, there's going to be some serious repercussions for, I guess, her existence. Mm. Yeah, I think we know where this is going if you're into the comics, but so we'll get into that with Easter egg shortly. Mm. But I mean, Vision then decides he's, he wants to push through this static wall. He's had enough. He's had enough. He wants to see what's outside of Westview. And as he's sort of pushing through to the other side, he starts to disintegrate. Yeah, it's really... Um, it's quite harrowing. Yeah, it's quite a jarring set of scenes. And it's kind of his death all over again, isn't it, in, in Infinity mm. War? Well, I guess for the third time, because it happened twice in, in the events of Infinity War, the time stone. Um, yeah, and uh, they, all, they all try and support and help. And he's trying to, to get out, but he can't. Um, and Billy, who now shows his powers um, to to Wanda, says he can sense that his father's in trouble, and she she basically loses it, and she she expands exponentially the the the, the outer boundaries of Westview, and it starts enveloping people and starts pushing out, of course, everyone starts to to, to scarper. But unfortunately, poor Darcy, she's chained to a car, she's handcuffed. So she's taken, as well as many other agents who end up becoming part of, I think, a, a travelling circus. Yeah, um, clever stuff. Yeah, um, a lot of the the cars, they either you know they're ice cream vans or they're whatever. As they go through reality, they change as, as everything else does. But Hayward, Monica, and Jimmy manage to escape, and that's that's where the the episode so far leaves us. You know. What does that mean? How far has that gone? It looks taller. It looks bigger. It's obviously wider. But what what ramifications does that have for Darcy? You know, I, one assumes she's under the spell, but it surely got the attention not just Sword now, which had it under control, but obviously much of the world if it's gone quite quite uh, quite big. So yeah, it's it's an interesting point. It looks like the the issue is escalating. What does that mean for? For episodes, you know, six onwards, because if Hayward was prepared to kill Scarlet Witch when she only had a small little bubble, what's he going to do now, Dan? Yeah, and he's lost a lot of his agents. Yes. So, um, yeah, as I say, it's it feels like the MCU as we knew before in you know in the previous phase, grittier, darker. The undertone is very much the overtone now, and I think. Well, I didn't pick up an awful lot of, um, apart from the adverts again, which are interspersed throughout the, the mm. shows, I didn't pick up an awful lot of Easter eggs. I'm really keen to hear, Dan, on what you picked up this week. Well, this is the fun bit. Obviously, I sort of do a deep dive into some of the articles that come out after each show. And uh, there's always something exciting. I say there's yeah. always a little bit of detail that I think I, I usually miss or something that I've never watched or read before. So let's kick things off. Episode four. Tyler Hayward. Let's let's talk about him first. Yeah. Now, in Agents of Shield, there was a Brian Hayward who turned out to be a member of Hydra. Is it a coincidence? Uh, okay. <clears throat> I mean, I didn't watch Agents of Shield. I couldn't really get into it. It just wasn't for me, and it never sort of really tied into the MCU as such, and vice versa. Yeah. Rings a bell, Dan. I think this was yeah you know, trusted agent who ended up at. Uh... Winter Soldier time because the the TV program did align chronologically to the films, albeit mm. as you say, not the other way around. Um, he did turn on them, so yeah, actually, it might just be a coincidence. 
But as we find with the MCU, they rarely are they such things, though. Yeah. Uh, Eagle Eye viewers will have seen this one. Uh, probably my favourite little detail in this episode was when Monica meets Jimmy Woo. Jimmy uses the same card trick that Scott that he wanted Scott to teach him in Ant Man and the Wasp. What was it? Yeah. Oh, that's a nice little bit of uh, continuity there. Nice little nod there. Yeah, mm. amazing. Uh, and as I sort of mentioned earlier, um, Darcy Lewis, who we last saw in Thor The Dark World, she's now actually finished her studies and gotten her doctorate. She is a doctor now. Yeah, she's fully fledged. I guess she's been left alone now by um, her peers from the previous films. And she's she's fully fledged. Yeah. Uh, some Easter eggs for Monica Rambeau. So, I mean, this episode I've sort of broken away to little categories just to make it a bit more digestible. Uh, on Monica, you can spot a, a plaque inside sword honouring Maria Rambeau, yes. um, her mother. And you can see her nickname was Photon. Now, it this, was. This is a name that Monica uses as one of her superhero aliases in the comics. And I think we know where this is going in, uh, in the MCU. Well, we like to think so. And I think... With the character being front and centre and continuing through from Captain Marvel, uh, set in the nineties, I think we're probably going to see this character develop. She's here to stay, and I think I think she's a great actress, so I'm not against that concept at all. Um, and I do mention, I think, in the last episode, how Hayward recalls that she's got this affiliation with with Cal Danvers, and so again, they're they're pulling on that that already existing connection with the superhero world. So. I think he's only going to develop more and more. Albeit, I'm not sure you picked up on this, Dan. She's she's still got some she's got some issues there. She didn't mm. seem too enamoured with a reference to Carol or with her prior relationship. So perhaps with Carol flying off at the end of the '90s, she felt abandoned, or I don't know. I wouldn't. She ended up saving the world effectively in the end of the game. But either way, I guess she wouldn't have known that necessarily as she came back from the blip. Can we just? Can we just, sorry, Dan, can we just take a quick second just to say that the blip is still an appalling name for it? Yeah, yeah. It's really, sh- it's really shit. Um, <laughs> I say it's got even now negative connotations because there's a bloody children's, children's TV programme that, that probably parents the world over recognise. There's a character, I don't, I don't even want to say his name because I'm going to be giving him more views, but it's called Blippy, which is an absolutely appalling name. <laughs> it's a guy that basically films his iPhone has a silly voice, wears some pretty decent, colourful Nike Air Max trainers, which is a nice, that's the best thing about it. Basically just like plays with diggers all day and kids watch it. My son's into it. I'm like, why are you watching this crap? But it's, like, <laughs> it's like crack to kids. So anyway, every time I hear the blip now, I think of this bloody TV programme that's on YouTube. So that's even worse that I've now having to be remembered of it. But the blip is just a, I think it's such a, a non-district descriptive term for such a, a widespread, you know, event that mm. I've got beef with it, Dan. I don't like it. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, it's it started in the Far From Home, and now it sort of has now actually made its way into the MCU proper. Proper, I mean, yeah. Ugh, terrible. So, sorry, we digress. But you were saying, Dan. Yeah. So it's all talking of continuity. Uh, Monica actually acknowledges the, the space is for threats and allies, which again is a nod to Monica's relationship with Talos and the Scrolls mm. from Captain Marvel. Uh, secondly, uh, the drone Monica uses to try and see into Westview has the number 57 on it. Now, this is a bit of comic book stuff. Uh, Vision makes his first ever appearance in Marvel Comics during Avengers issue 57. 
And the drone is also the colours of Captain Marvel's suit. You're welcome. Uh, so, last Easter eggs uh, for episode four is based around Westview. Uh, so we actually learn the real Westview is located in New Jersey. In the comics, Wonder and Vision moved to Leonia, New Jersey, to try and be a, new, a normal couple. There you go. There you go. Uh, if you look closely, you can see the slogan on the real Westview is the same as it is in Wanda's version. Home is where you make it. It is. Also on the sign to, to Westview, it says Elevation 203. More comic booky stuff here. Avengers issue 203 is about the Beast and Wonder Man searching for a young boy in the sewers. Later in this episode, Sword uses the sewers to try and get into... Wanda's version of Westview. Uh, and that's why we get the beekeeper. That all makes sense now. Nice little yeah. nod there, isn't it? They they must do all their homework, you know, when they sort of write these episodes and, and the films. So this is where these Easter eggs come from, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, I thought, as far as I'm aware, people are still hunting for James James Gunn's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Easter eggs. Are there any? Yeah, they're still searching. He's, oh, he's not giving them up. He's not going up without a fight. Mm. Uh, on the wall where citizens of Westview are being identified, you can see that they haven't figured out Agnes's real name yet. So we're still running with the theory that it is Agatha Harkness, the, the witch. Yeah. It's probably a case of she she's not properly written into it. Mm. Uh, and that's why and the TV programme itself hasn't really come up with it because she's, she's kind of like a, a ride-along. So it's... Uh, they're still keeping the cast their chest. I think that one is going to play out. They, I think it's not often that the MCU play with you and then don't do a reveal. They tend to nod and then they they finally give give up at the end. And I think that's what's going to happen with this character. Yeah. Uh, last one. Uh, when explaining how she found Wanda's TV signal, Darcy says she picked up radiation that dates back to the Big Bang. Now, this is a bit of continuity for you. Now, if you recall, Wanda got her powers from the Mind Stone, which was created by, guess what? The Big Bang. Mm. So, moving on to episode five. I don't think we got a commercial break in the uh, episode four, because I haven't got any notes for it, but we got the commercial during uh, episode five, mm. where it advertises Lagos paper towels, where oh, yes. the poor woman is wiping up red liquid which, uh, if you're looking at it, is sinister undertones, blood on her hands. It is, yeah. It's um, it's infirm. If you make a mistake, you can you can always mop it up. And of course, uh, Lagos is a is a, an important part to Wanda's lore, isn't it? In the MCU. Yeah, yeah. It's um, um Civil War, isn't it, Dan? Where she she has the the fallout at the beginning when she's going against Crossbones at the hospital and that's in the the city of Lagos. Yeah. And of course she she ends up accidentally blowing up the hospital. She does it accidentally and it then starts off the Sokovia Accords to then, as we know, the, the events of the uh of the film and incarceration, home arrest and the rest of it. So it has a very important role to play and it just shows that kind of her subconscious is is playing out through again the medium of the T V advert. But it's, it's, a, it's a very dark one for sure. Uh, as ever, uh, lots of Easter eggs, uh, lots of pop culture references, um, a lot that tie into 
other TV series from the past, mainly Family Ties. Uh, the opening credits pay homage to Growing Pains title sequence, which includes photos of the cast growing up. Uh, and while there are sure to be more nods to Full House in the 90s-themed episode, the opening credits for episode five feature a picnic, which is similar to the one from the Full House opening credits. Mm. Uh, first, like in other episodes of WandaVision, WandaVision's house has changed and it looks exactly like the Keaton's house from Family Ties. I feel like they're stealing ideas from other people's shows, Alex. Mm. Uh, Wander and Vision's living room includes a lot of stained glass that was featured, guess what, the Keaton's living room in Family Ties. And the opening credits of Wonder Vision episode five include a nod to the iconic opening credits from Family Ties right down to the colour red being the first colour used to paint the family portrait. WandaVision also uses a similar font to the one from the Family Ties opening credits. They also zoom in on the family portrait for each cast member. It's no mistake. I think that's one of the funniest things I enjoyed from the opening credits so far is that you obviously got a baby Vision. Of course, we know Vision was made. He was mm. made as a man. So he was never, never a baby. And there's, <laughs> there's pictures, these baby pictures of Vision with his full makeup um, as, as a baby, which is hilarious. Um, it is funny stuff. Uh, and lastly, the end credits that Wanda makes appear when she wants to run from her conversation with Vision look like the end credits from Growing Pains. So again, lot, lots of nods to to the old stuff. Stuff that I never watched growing up, but, no. I'm sh- but maybe some of our US listeners did. Let us know. Let us know. Uh, you can find us on our socials. We'll, we'll drop those in at the end. Uh, let's move on to Billy and Tommy. So Billy and Tommy beg Wanda and Vision to let them keep the dog that they name him Sparky. Now, in the comic books, Sparky is actually a green dog that Vision creates for his own family. Uh, Throughout the episode, Billy and Tommy are seen wearing red and green respectively. Now, this is a nod to their signature colours from the comic books. Ah, okay. Now, this is detail. Now, I would have picked up on this. If you look closely, the B on the fridge looks like a bear. Now, in the comics, Wanda's nickname for Billy is Billy Bear. Wonderful. Mm. Uh, on to Wanda. When Wanda leaves Westview to confront Sword, you'll notice you can hear her slight Sokovian accent once again. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. she's no longer in her fictional reality. Again, it's just slight details, slight details. It makes it so wonderful. It is, but it's nice that they've they've kind of recognised that she's her American accent isn't her own, and that it's it's all part of this 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 veiled kind of reality. It's because uh, that's one thing I think a lot of people kind of found odd about it. But I think it'd be quite naive to think that of all the mistakes they'd make, they wouldn't pick up on the one thing which you know. Elizabeth Olsen has tried to try to nail, which is this this new kind of accent from an Eastern European fictional, you know, um, country. So yeah, it's uh, I I like that they they finally illustrated that, and it's it's been answered. Albeit it was going to happen. At least it's it's a nice nod that she's still the character we know and love from the previous films. Now, how's this for uh, fine detail? Tyler Hayward asks Jimmy if Wanda has 
has an alias. So, I mean, you've got Captain America, Iron Man, etc. Jimmy says she doesn't. So this is a nod to the fact that Scarlet Witch has never been used in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No. Same for Quicksilver, as far as I'm aware. No, you're right. Um, it was always Pietro because he wasn't around long enough <laughs> to um, to be given a, a name. But you're right, right. about the Scarlet Witch. never really thought about that. I mean, we know her outside in our reality as, as that, but she's never mentioned that in the MCU. Mm. Fair point. Uh, more comic booky stuff. Uh, when Jimmy is running through Wanda's history, you can see the 113 when they pull up news footage of the Sokovia attacks. 113 could be a reference to Avengers issue 113, which features Wanda and Vision on the cover and Wanda saying she's going to make the world pay for Vision's death. There you go. There you go. No coincidence, this stuff. No, no. Uh, moving on to Vision. Uh, Jimmy also mentions that Wanda resurrecting Vision's body is a direct violation of the Sokovia Accords, which we mentioned earlier. It is. Of course, as you mentioned, um, it all started with Wanda using her powers in Lagos in Captain America Civil War. And here we are. Uh, Vision is wearing a green plaid shirt, which is homage to the Vision comics by Tom King, where Vision mm-hmm. wears the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Vision tries to calm Billy down by reading Charles Darwin's The Descent of Man, which is about evolution. And of course, as we go through this episode, Billy and Tommy are constantly evolving and growing up. They are. Now, this is where it's going to get interesting. We're going to talk about Agnes. Now, as we mentioned, Agnes is the only Westview resident who doesn't have a license attached to her information sheet. Uh, So if you were listening to the previous episodes, we've mentioned that she's she could be Agatha Harkness and is not a Westview resident. No. Uh, when Agnes arrives in WandaVision's house to help with Billy and Tommy, she refers to herself as Auntie Agnes. Now, in the comics, Agatha Harkness is often referred to as Aunt Agatha. I mean, if we're looking into this a bit too deeply... Agnes also says she has a few tricks up her sleeve, which is another nod to Agnes possibly yeah. being Agatha Harkness, the powerful witch. I think the way it's going down, it's just everything's pointing to that. And unless, unless you know that character, unless you're reading into it, I don't think it's going to be that obvious to people who don't perhaps know the backstories or, or read those comics. And perhaps it'll make all sense when they do introduce her as what we think she will be. That'll make all, all sense without, you know, the, the, the prior context. So I think it's looking very much like what people are, are thinking she is. And, and, and she is part of this world, but perhaps not invited. She's found some, some way somehow into this reality. Yeah, I mean, as I say, if you're into the into the comic books, I guess you have to sort of read the mystic stuff, like Doctor Strange, to understand who she is. Mm. Um, she did briefly appear in one of my Captain America graphic novels recently, uh, the Tanahasi Coates run. Wonderful stuff. Worth picking up if you're if you're into your Captain America. Mm, okay. Uh, just a, one more on Ag- on Agnes. She mentions her husband Ralph again, who we've never seen. Now that we know Jimmy was called to Westview on a missing person case, could Ralph be the missing person? Now, okay. there is now a rolling theory 
on the internet, God bless the internet, that Ralph could actually be Mephisto, who we touched upon in, in the previous episode of our WandaVision coverage. Uh, as we'll know, that he is a powerful villain from the Marvel Universe. He is. could rival Thanos if he's ever introduced. Uh, in the comics, Mephisto helps create Wanda's twins. Just a little something to think about there. Yeah, and he often crops up in Doctor Strange as, I guess, his arch nemesis. Um, so it might well be that that's, that's your direct link. Uh, and it may not be fully explained in WandaVision because that's an awful lot of ground to cover in only, what is it? Three Two hours left, yeah, give or take. But um, that may well pave the way for how we get Doctor Strange and, and how those two kind of franchises collide. So that might make sense, but they've got to do an awful lot of ground to cover there, which I don't think is feasible in time left. But there might be something in it. Yeah. Uh, lastly, on to episode six Easter eggs. Uh, the opening is based on Malcolm in the Middle. Did you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle? I did. I did. But not so fun fact. Um, the the guy who plays him, Malcolm, he can't remember any of the episodes or filming any of them at all. Oh, dear. Uh, he had a stroke. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, it's really quite sad. And he, he had a stroke at a young age. Obviously, he wasn't particularly old when he, he filmed it. Um and to, to, that, to that effect, he, he can't recall it at all. So people go, oh, do you remember this episode? It's my favourite bit. Or what was it like to film it? He can't recall it. Damn, that's quite, that's quite sad. It is. But, you know, I think he's he's recovered to a point which he must be hopefully near enough fully because he's now, he's no longer acting, Dan. He doesn't have a love for it. He's now a race car. So he, he drives NASCAR in Damn. America. So he's a NASCAR driver. He's got a sponsorship. He competes. Um, but yeah, a little bit of a, a sad little tidbit for you there about, about that character or that actor. Wow, blimey. But yes, I did notice that. Um, I think he's one of my favourite kind of intros and it's it's very much a nod, isn't it, to that that sitcom, which was, I thought it was, it was quite good for like the early 2000s, that show. I, I really did enjoy it. Mm, totally agree. Uh, lots of little nods though to Malcolm in the Middle so again the font style's exactly the same and then you've got Billy and Tommy who continually to break the fourth wall throughout the episode where they talk directly at us they as, do as yeah video. they have monologues it's brilliant um, you also sort of feel like I'm going back to sort of the late 90s early noughties again watching Malcolm in the Middle love it uh, and of course, the Wander and Vision's house has changed again to fit that era. And parts of it do resemble the uh, Malcolm in the Middle household. It does. Now, a little tidbit for you. Uh, the lyrics for the opening theme song are also pretty telling. They talk about not questioning what you've done, asking if this is all illusion. But ultimately, the song says, sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, and when Pietro is shown in the opening sequence the lyrics are though there may be no way of knowing who's coming by to play and of course there's a little nod to Evan Peter Surprise episode in episode 5 indeed and that's again the fourth wall breaking there in terms of lyrics but what the audience in the MCU would have seen on the TV screen of course as it's being played out to them so it's uh, yeah it's an interesting way that it's it's being portrayed and I think that's Dan just the amount of detail in, in these, these these episodes is phenomenal. 
sure enough, they've had time to do it. You know, they've, they've had a global pandemic and, and post endgame, but just the amount of detail has gone into every single bit of this. Nothing is to chance and everything is as it's meant to be. It's just, even if you're listening to us, you're not a fan of the MCU, you're not a fan of the genre, you've got to admit, it's some hard work that they put into this and they've done such a, such a good job of being able to tie it all together. It's phenomenal stuff. I've no, there's nothing else like it. That's why it's so unique is because they've done such a good job at making it so true to the content, but not making it overtly in your face. Because if you've never picked up a comic before, you can still appreciate kind of the nuances of what they're, they're trying to portray through, through the medium of this kind of that TV show within a TV show. But the fact of that we know there's these Easter eggs and people have the knowledge just makes it even more richer. And I don't think there's anything else like that. Not even the films. The films tried it, but they haven't had an, enough time to be able to be focused, have they? But this TV programme really does deliver in spades. It's phenomenal stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, nice little Easter egg. Um, the Halloween costumes for WandaVision yeah. and Pietro. Nice. I know they're DIY, but... What what a nice little nod and just a perfect. It's just brilliant. It is. I mean, it's so like sixties Marvel retro, but it's it's X Men. Yeah, it's X Men attire. Um, which is which is even better that they're the kind of in even if it's not a direct kind of nod to that universe yet, and I doubt we'll see any flashbacks because they weren't great. Let's face it, the Fox films. But it's nice that they've actually continued the 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 X Men era costumes. So yeah, it's it's really good stuff. Uh, on to Billy and Tommy. Uh, now, whilst they're trick or treating, Pietro tells Billy and Tommy to unleash hell, demon spawn. Now, in the comics, Billy and Tommy were created yes. using parts of Mephisto's soul, and Mephisto is the devil. Uh, Tommy refers to Pietro using his speed as kick ass. And when Wanda repeats the phrase, uh, this is probably a nod to the movie Kick-Ass, which starred Aaron Taylor-Johnson and Evan Peters. Ah, of course. Who are both versions of Pietro. Indeed. Again, is that just, it's not a coincidence. Surely not. And then Wanda warns Billy and Tommy not to go past Ellis Avenue. Now, this is where it gets a little bit creepy. And that's exactly where Vision goes to exit the hex. You'll also find that Vision is at a crossroads. Now, in folklore, I don't know why we didn't talk about this in our um, sort of folklore episode. Mm. But if you go to a crossroads, you often go to summon the devil. Are we going to go full steam ahead and roll with the Mephisto theory? Oh, right. I didn't know that's a thing. Um, yeah. Um, perhaps it's just a subtle nod or it could be kind of creative licensing in terms of what direction does he take and he he, he, get, he actively chooses the path least trodden I don't know but yeah he, it might be building upon that that whole kind of Mephisto devil otherworldly kind of layer that we haven't quite touched upon yet yeah uh, on to Wanda and Pietro as we sort of mentioned that um you can start to see Wanda's accent slowly disappearing in the MCU films. But Evan Peters Pietro was raised in the US, so he doesn't have a Sokovian accent. No. So this is just another nod that this isn't the MCU's Quicksilver. No, indeed. 
Pietro recalls that he got shot for no reason at all, which could be a nod to how unnecessary Quicksilver's death in Age of Ultron was and how fans still talk about how regular bullets shouldn't have killed him. Yes, quite. It was quite an unbelievable way out. You could say it's perhaps lazy writing. Um, I don't know quite what would end that character. So perhaps it was just a, a way to write him out and to have that impact. They tend to do that, don't they, with new characters that you're not fully investing, but they've got to take one for the team. I think he probably did. Yeah. Uh, three more Easter eggs. Uh, when Wanda moves Westview in order to save Vision, she turns the sword HQ into, into a circus. Now, again, comic booky stuff here. Uh, there is an actual plot point where Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver and Hawkeye join the circus. In fact, huh. in earlier in the episode, you can spot the number 22, I think, on a sword agent's briefcase. Uh, this is a bit of a stretch, but issue 22 is actually the comic book where Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver join the circus. Well, there you go. There you go. Again... This is no coincidence. This is all no. very fine detail, and I wouldn't have noticed it. And some of the stuff is educational for me because I, to be quite honest, I don't go that far back reading the comics, to be truthful. Uh, again, moving on to Agnes. For Halloween, Agnes is dressed like a witch. Uh, and this links to the season long theory that she's Agatha Harkness. Indeed. And finally, on to Monica. Um, Darcy informs Monica that her cells have been rewritten, as you mentioned, twice since entering and exiting the Hex. This is yet another hint that Monica could be getting powers and will become Photon, just like in the comics. Brilliant stuff. And that is your Easter eggs for this episode. It is. And they've, they've really dialed it up, I think, Dan, in terms of you know the first three episodes. And we're only going to get, I guess, a lot, lot more as... You spend more time out with the real world and um, and everything unravels within Wanda's reality. But I think from, from the way this is going, I love it. Mm. It's great. I mean, I think I, I remarked in, in the previous episode, I wasn't too sure at first in terms of how it was going. I liked it. It was different, but I wasn't really sold on it. And then sure enough, smack between the eyes, episode four, five, and to where it is six, face sinister, quite dark. And it's the, you know, everything's been upped. I really am looking forward to what they've got in store as we go towards the, the final third of uh, of the season. Indeed. I think it's already got my attention now that they've sort of broken away from Westview. And we're now starting to look from the outside in. Uh, and, you know, as I sort of mentioned, Jimmy and Darcy is, is the friendship we never asked for but got. And it's just a wonderful... Um, friendship that's going to blossom i think yeah so much so i believe someone has actually pitched to kevin feige or wants to pitch a, a jimmy woo series yeah i've read that uh do you want it would you want to see it yeah i think so as i say um i think they're great uh individually they're quite weak characters but i think together they kind of bounce off each other they're building that kind of rapport um and, and and they are funny, you know, they are, I'm not sure if they're bona fide comedians, but they'll always have a comedic role. I think they'd be great, Dan. Quite what they would do with Darcy joins Sword, Jimmy Woo's in FBI, but either way, you know, they could go off doing their own kind of detective thing. 
I'd be down for that, Dan. I'd quite enjoy it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm down with that. I want to see more um, Darcy in the MCU as well now. And I think you'll probably get it. What with um, uh, Jane Foster, of course, becoming Thor in Thor 4. Mm. Um, I think it's it's only going to happen. The world is a very different place, as you say, you know. Um, Darcy's got her, you know, she's, she's going under her own wings. She doesn't have Selvig anymore. She doesn't have Jane Foster anymore. She's off. I forgot when they said she was in Endgame. Was she um, in the Arctic Circle or the North Pole? Wherever she was, she was out. Yeah. Well hidden. Um, you know, she, she is on her own. So I think she could... She she might well be brought in to support whatever happens in that film, but you know I, I hope I hope they do. I think she's this has shown that she's a she's a valuable character, and I think there'll be a lot of fans asking to see her again. Yeah, hundred percent. But I guess that wraps it up this week for part two. We'll obviously be back when the series ends for the final part of the review. Yeah. Um, and when this drops, at the time of recording, uh, we've got the episode, next episode, episode, what, um, seven, tomorrow? Yeah. Yes. Tomorrow, when it will drop. So, um, you know, we'll give it a couple of weeks. We'll see how it plays out. Is it going to be a 10th episode? Or is it going to be just the hour long? Whatever it ends up being, we'll then do a, a wrap up and then see where that leaves us. Beginning of, uh, of phase well, phase four, phase five. Phase yeah, four. I'm, I'm excited to see where this is going to lead us. And of course, yeah. in March, we'll have uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, hot on the heels. So exciting stuff. But look, you know, have we missed anything? Did you enjoy it? Or do you think it's an absolute bag of garbage? Let us know, get in contact. Dan, we've got some contact details, haven't we? We do. We are on at On The Topic Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And of course, we've got Gmail. If you want to drop us an email, on the topic podcast at gmail.com. And alternatively, we always put a link in our socials to leave us a voice message through Anchor. Yeah. Be part of the show, click on the link, leave us a message and you can be directly on the airwaves as part of your podcast. But... That's another week, Dan. I think it's been some really good viewing. I've really enjoyed going back to, to some of our old roots of reviewing TV shows. I'm really looking forward to the next couple of episodes. So, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to some of our future episodes as well. Let's say follow those socials. Uh, next episode, we'll be talking to Solent Sky Services uh, and we'll be talking about their documentary. Uh, I'm actually quite keen to get this episode to jump the queue. I've been watching Cobra Kai, Alex. You have, yeah. I, I've been selling it to you, Dan. It sounds like I've done a good sales pitch because you've actually smashed through. You've done, you done an Alex and you smashed through near enough all three seasons in the space of about a week and a half. Yeah. Um, put a poll on the, uh, on the old socials. The people want it. They want this episode, Alex. And the people have spoken. They're sensible, Dan. Let's keep them around. So yeah, we'll, yeah. Be, uh, we'll be doing a, um, a review of our favourite bits and, and perhaps why you should watch it, guys. Because I, I, even if you're not a fan of Karate Kid, it's still, I think it's pretty good writing, Dan, to be able to portray the nostalgia mm. of the 80s in the 20, 2020s. is no mean feat. And I think they've done a wonderful job. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that one too. Yeah. But I guess for another week, I've been Dan. And I've been Alex. And we'll see you. 
Next time.